Uh, as many of you know, I, Mark Smelly Bell, have grown up with two great parents and an amazing upbringing, and I've always been a person that has been real happy. But maybe you have had it hard in your life, and maybe you've had difficulty trying to find happiness, and maybe you've uh, just grew up with a really rough go of it. Our guest today on today our guest today on Mark Bell's Power Project is Ray Cash. He grew up with an upbringing that I don't think could be any harder, and he still figured out a way to make him to make himself successful and to be happy. If you're trying to find happiness and trying to figure out how to be successful and had a shitty upbringing, this is the podcast for you. Go check it out. There this thing's go. complicated. It says recording. Is that true? Yep. Hmm. That's the internet, so I guess we got to take its word for it, right? If it's on the internet, it's true. I've uh, been out here in uh, Dega Bay and been uh, running and walking and getting some training in, but also been just down in lots of meat. And it's been um, it's been kind of hard because um, the rest of the family is like you know ordering pizza and like just having these yummy things. But when you got that Piedmontese beef. And when you get get in that amount of protein, it makes it a little easier to not uh, to not succumb to all these amazing other foods that everybody else is eating. So I've been uh, living off of uh, some flat irons, some bavettes. Um, it, every time I every time I eat a bavette, I actually check the stats again on the back of the thing because I'm like, this can't be true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we need to uh, we need to. Uh, get some of the Piedmontese people on here again and, and put them in the hot seat and be like, are these stats true? Are these steaks really this lean? Because they, they taste awesome. And uh, it's just been, it's been helping me a lot to kind of stay on point. Yeah. It's pretty uh, powerful when, you know, like my wife's pregnant, so she might have a craving for like in and out or something crazy and I'll go through the drive through and I won't get myself anything because I have something defrosting at home. That's way better. I'm proud of you, Andrew. I do. Honestly, this, Dude, that's a big step, man. Remember you were just sucking yes. down those French fries years ago. <laughs> <laughs> this is so true, but yeah, dude, like I haven't had, like I've, I've bought in and out a bunch like in the past, like month or two, but I haven't consumed any of it. It's all mm-hmm. been for everyone else. And a huge, huge uh, reason for that is, is because I have Piedmontese steaks at home um, for you guys. Dude, I don't think I don't think Encima would be able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'd nah, be okay. It. I'd get it. I'd get myself a double double. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I know. <laughs> I, know. I agree with you. <laughs> but like I said, he'd be totally Too much of a fine. Savage. Yeah, he he would just get stronger. You know, like he would just be, get more. Jet. Oh yeah, just go right to his uh, biceps or his quads or something, right? Yeah, hey, but, but if the people have them, they got to try the Piedmontese patties. They're actually really damn good. They are amazing. Those yeah. are yes, those are incredible. Yeah, yeah, I would actually take one of those over any. Uh, restaurant or anything because they're that yep. damn good. I know that sounds extremely biased, but seriously, you just have to try it. For more information on Piedmontese, please head over to Piedmontese.com. That's P-I-E-D-M-O-N-T-E-S-E.com. At checkout, enter promo code POWERPROJECT for 25% off your order. And if your order is $99 or more, you get free two-day shipping. On today's show, we have Ray cash cash is his nickname last name is care and uh, i'm excited to have him on the show today he's friends with a bunch of people that we're friends with uh bedros coolian is one of them he sets up a lot of mentorship programs uh with bedros and if you ever just uh you go online and, and look up uh ray cash care um you'll see him just demolishing people with all kinds of crazy different exercises there's one where they 
they roll on the ground. <laughs> you like you roll and roll and roll and roll, and you might I don't know flip like. 20 times and then you got to get up and you got to walk and then when you go down the other side you have to like roll the other way <laughs> and just people are just getting jacked up but what they do is they have they have a team of people there that are calling your name that are you know um uh kind of cheering for you and that's what he wants you to concentrate on. So he wants you to don't worry about what your mind, don't worry about the feedback that your body's getting about a feeling nauseous and B feeling like you're just going to fall. Just concentrate as much as you can and, and uh, follow the voices. So it's going to be great to, to talk to him today. Yo, speaking of, there he is. There he is. What's up, Ray? How you doing today? Good. How are you, sir? We're doing fantastic. Great to have you on the uh, on the show today. Um, got my boy Ensema over there, and got my boy Andrew. And uh, thank you so much uh, for popping on the show today. Question number one comes from your buddy Bedros Koulian, and he wants to know why are you such a dick? <laughs> it, it was born in my fucking DNA. That's just, <laughs> what you see is what you get. Yeah, he actually kind of asked, uh, you know, just basically, you know, you push people to to the to their absolute limit. And it appears that that's, uh, you know, the driving force behind trying to teach people that they can push a lot harder than they think they can. A question I have is, why do you think that we want to stop? You know, you go and you go to do something and it's something that you kind of agreed that you were going to do, whether it be diet or go for a run, um, lift weights, uh, start a new exercise program, whatever it is, we, we tend to, you, you, you're thinking about it. You're like, that's a good idea. This is in my best interest. You get your running shoes on, you get out there and you start moving around, your legs get tired. And now those voices start talking and the, the bad voices, uh, almost want to take over at that point. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I, the human body is a chassis. It's a vessel, right? Just like a car. We're well-oiled machines. And the thing is, is I consider myself like I'm a race car. And most people, when they start, you know, they get to a certain RPM, they got to shift down. They got to shift down. And my motto in life is, fuck that, man. Let's just redline that engine. You've got so much more, you know? Um, Ford versus Ferrari, they said it at 7,000 RPMs, you know? The car becomes weightless. That's the mindset that people have to have. You are not just a regular car. You're a fucking racing machine. You just got to push yourself. Why do people, why do people shift gears? Because they're, they're programmed to shift gears, right? That's what society does nowadays. They're telling people it's okay to shift gears. It's okay to, to be mediocre. It's okay to get C's. It's okay to get a fucking participation trophy for just showing up and getting out of bed. No, it's not okay. I'm 48 years young, first, second, and third. Otherwise, why are you there? Mm-hmm. And, and that's how you do that. The reason you know, my daughter, four-time state champion in gymnastics, I redline her every day, right? But it's not just physical. It's physical, emotional, social, spiritual. You have to push people, right? I talk about it all the time. Educate, uh, motivate, educate, and decimate, right? But it has to be self Self-motivate, self-educate, self-decimate yourselves. Go outside and like run a mile. And this is how I make people better. Mark that time down. How comfortable did you feel? Good. I have my coaching clients all the time. When they come in from a mile run, what do they do? They put their hands on their hips and they're, let me walk it off. I'm like, you go walk that off. 
And then as soon as you walk it off, let's run it again. And we're going to run it until you come back and you puke. And then once you get that puke down, that is your starting point. So I've taken individuals from running like a 10, 30 mile all the way down to like a nine, 10, because they're not willing to get out of their fucking comfort zone. But then once they do and they see that, okay, I'm going to puke, I'm going to hydrate and I'm going to get right back at it. Then they start making that transformation, right? That transformation to success and greatness. And that's, they, they want to add that self to the motivate, educate, and decimate. Everybody these days is looking for external sources. Let me read a book. You know, I, I've got all these great books behind me by Jocko and, and uh, Jason Reb and all my great friends that are SEALs. And I read the book and I want to run through a wall. And it's like, yes. But then 20 minutes after reading the book, I'm like, well, I can't run through that fucking wall. What am I going to do now? So I learned how to educate myself and train harder to the point where my mindset, like with Bedros is, is Bedros will ask me, do you think you can run through that wall? I'll give it a shot. I'll see how, how big of a den I make. If I don't go through it, right, I'm going to fall down, get knocked out. I'll get back up, measure the de- depth of it. And then I'm going to train and come out and do it again. But I will not. I will not fail. Well, let me rephrase that. I fail daily. I will not quit. Um, how long do you think, how, how long does it, how long does it uh, take? I mean, it seems like it takes decades of trying many different things, like implementing certain things into your life. Um, like you said, physically, mentally, emotionally, yeah. um, it takes a long time for someone to get over the hump with your, the clients that you've trained over the years and people that you've mentored and helped. What have you seen? Has it taken, you know, six months, six weeks? How long does it take before you, you're like, I don't need to tell that guy anything anymore. Like, I don't need to still, you know, be up his ass <laughs> the, same, the same way I was in the beginning. Well, the one thing that I say is, is time, time is a factor and it's different with everybody. Um, and by what you're saying, I believe in um, progression, not perfection. My job is once I see them progressing and they understand that, you know, I talk about my mindset's attack the hill. Once I see them starting to attack the hill, I let them go as a coach when I know that when they get to the top of that fucking mountain, they're going to take a break, right? They're going to run up the mountain. Like Pedro says, they're never going to peak. They're going to look for another hill or a mountain to climb. And then they're going to control the descent. Because most people, right? This is what I'll, I'll challenge any one of you guys. You guys walk up the hill and run down it. And I will run up it and walk down it. Not only will I beat you every fucking time, but I also will, my joints will be healthier and safer because when you're running down a hill, you let gravity take over. That's a symbolism for all the negative entities and people trying to push you the way that they want you to go, right? What happens? You're, you're into fitness. The knee passes. The knees hyperextend past the toe. You get knee injuries. You get ankle injuries. Worst case scenario, you're going to fall on your face, right? No. What I say is, is run up the hill when everybody's contemplating get up, getting up there Get up there as fast as you fucking can. Take that breath, that moment of clarity to, you know, check it in the box. Get up there and go, okay, I'm going to control the descent on the way down. I'm not going to let anybody tell me how fast I'm going to go. I'm going to control how fast I go up and I look for another one. So the question of that, some people it could take, it can take days, weeks, months. Some people it's going to take a lifetime. It's just when they're ready to switch that mental and emotional switch. It has nothing to do with physical, right? The, the mind is going to quit before the body. It will. You know this. I'm telling a, a, a subject matter expert at this. The thing is, is people, they just, you have to push them, right? 
learn how to be comfortable being uncomfortable so that they build, they build that confidence in themselves. Because if you get a confident person on the earth, right, and it's all about programming people, right? Like, I, 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 let me do a little test here with you guys, right? We've never really talked before, right? Just um, big niche. Let me ask you. Can you hear me? Me? Yeah. I can't yeah. say your name. Okay. <laughs> in SEMA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In SEMA. Okay, here we go. You ready? Yeah. Fill in the blanks. What do you do before you cross the street? Tell me. You look at... To make sure no cars are coming. You look both ways, right? Yeah. Look both ways, yeah. Okay. Ooh, oh my, oh. <laughs> okay there. Holy shit. Were you hit by a child crossing the street? No. No. Right. Was I by hit a by a child? Oh. Were you no. hit as a child crossing right. the street? No. No. Somebody in your life of a significant influence, mother, father, older brother, somebody taught you that, right? Just like yeah. we teach children, an oven is hot, hot. We don't touch their hand. Mm-hmm. But people were also programmed wrong, right? In business, right? I can ask you, big man, Mr. Slingshot, hey, mm-hmm. you stack the W's and you stack the L's, right? There's no, you can only W and L in life. You can only win or what? Learn. <laughs> That's right. You know the right fucking answers. See that? You know the right answer. 90% of the population has been, been programmed that you can only win and lose. Mm-hmm. And this is what I'm going to tell you. The only way you lose is if you quit, right? That's what you need to understand. Mark Devine says it best, right? Failure is not an option. Motherfucker, failure is the only option because I fail every day at my four F-bombs, my family, my fitness, my finances, and my faith. I have the four F-bombs here in the hand of time because we don't know how much time we have, so I get up every damn morning like I won the lottery, right? I make my bed just like Admiral Bill McRaven, a good friend of mine, said. I make the damn bed with my wife in the bed I make my head. I run downstairs. I, I, I talk about my pattern of life, and I'm and I'm grateful, not greedy. Right? You want people to be successful in life. This is the first thing they need to understand. You have been put on this earth, and it's a gift. Right? I don't know how from from the day of conception, millions of you are swimming. You are the motherfucker that made it to the egg. You, the people. I'm looking at three of you right now, out of millions of people. So you're already a winner. But people, what do they do when they get up? Christ, I got to go to work. I got to do this. I got to do that. No, you don't. It is a gift. You should want to get up. And what I tell people is, is if you're not happy with your life, you control that, right? And this is family, fitness, finances, and faith. It's like a fucking Kevin Bacon movie. You can find representation with Kevin Bacon in every movie on the planet. If you are at the best or the worst of your life, it is because family, fitness, finances, and faith. Whether you're an employee, uh, a husband, a mother, it will it is covered in those four things: family, fitness, finances, faith. They are your foundations of life, right? Because I'll tell you like this: I live in a house. Pedro's Cooling lives in a house. Pedro's Cooling's house is a lot fucking bigger than mine. These are the foundational the foundations of that house. What happens if you have a two million dollar house and a shitty foundation? Crumble. What's going to happen to that house? It's going to crumble, right? So what I do is I just – I literally go in to people with their minds and I make their foundation stronger. And then once the foundation is solid, this is what I tell people. Build whatever fucking house you want. Build it as big as you want. Build it as high as you want. As many garages as you want. Use the symbolism. If you want, if you want a 10-car garage, do it. But you're not going to have a 10-car garage if you cannot focus on the family, the fitness, the finances, and faith. Right? Pedro's Koolian says it best. 
There's no such thing as balance. You just have to figure out what equation works for you. My equation, time plus effort equals results. That's it, right? Piss poor time plus piss poor effort is going to equal what? Somebody fill in the blanks. Piss poor results. Look at that. See that, guys? It's how it works. I am not reinventing the wheel. All I do is I talk to people and I give it to them straight. You, like they, you love me or you hate me. But I produce results because my gift, you know, working in the SEAL teams, working with the agencies that I did, is I know how to extract things from people. And this is what I tell people in every one of my courses. You're, and I don't believe in 100%. Your 100% and mine are totally different. I tell people, give me everything you got, and if you don't, I'm going to take it anyway. I am literally going to take everything from you, right? And I have, and I had, I've had two epiphanies in the last couple years. And recently I had one. Every Sunday I put on these push up challenges. And everybody goes, man, that's a tough physical activity. It's a, a tough physical challenge. No, it's a mental challenge. I pick a number, I pick a task, and I accomplish it. 17 push ups on the minute, every minute for 60 minutes. Or now I'm at 18. Next month, it's going to be 19, then 20. Eventually, I'll peak out. But what I tell people is, with these is, only you can decide what that magic number is, right? If you can do more, do more, do less, do less, but just do. And that's what's so key about life is, is fucking people just, you know, like people always go, right, why 1,020? Well, because 16 is only like 980, and that's not a cool number. Over 1,000 is cool. Like even my wife goes, it sounds so cool. But my point is, is every week I'm making people better, right? Men, women, we even have children doing it. Like I want to start a new revolution where people are grateful in life and they realize that the healthy, healthier they are, the happier they can be, the more time it gives them to accomplish whatever the fuck it is they want to accomplish. And I know a lot of people go, Ray, you're a, you're a whole lot of energy. Yeah, I am. Because I'm 48 years old and I still haven't fucking wrapped my head around this whole equation yet. But this is what I know. My whole life, um, and up until about two months ago, I was doing it wrong. Remember how we were talking about programming? So I'm guilty. Like, father was murdered when I was 11. My mother tells me I'm a loser. I've been locked up. I've done drugs. I've done this. And I, I joined the teams. I got in all these movies. I did all this cool shit working for Majors Coolian. And it was to look at people and say, see, fuck you. I can do it because my mindset is fuck you, fuck it, fuck you. That's my mentality. But then I was working with a guy, one of my clients. And he goes, man, I finally got the 1,020 pushups and I proved this guy wrong and I had an epiphany. And I went, dude, no, it's not to prove him wrong. It's to prove you right. So now my whole, my whole outlook on everything is, is you know, the haters are going to hate, right? The more successful you get, the more people are going to want to be with you. Bedros Koulian's texting me right now going, good luck on your podcast. <laughs> Wait, thanks, B. 11 minutes late. Um, <laughs> holy shit. Um, it guy's horrible. But it's all about you, right? Believing in yourself. Fitness, the, it all starts from the core down here. And something else that I came to the conclusion with, and I'm sorry, Mark, I just got to get this out and I'll let you talk because this is your show, is this. About two years ago, I went on. Um, I spoke at Bedros Koulian's Empire Business Summit. Brent Clothier, Dan Flashman, who I actually thought was a crackhead when I first met him. And I love Dan. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, he like bum clothes. He showed up. Like, Who's this guy? 
But, um, um, you know, Quest CEO was there. And before I, before I go on, I always have a drink to calm my nerves. And I'm sitting there in my hotel room. And the question I always get is, Ray, what are you? Are you a, a fitness coach, an accountability coach, a mindset coach? And, you know, whenever you do something like that and you're speaking to one of Bedros's audience, thousands of people that pay thousands of dollars, you need to make sure the boss knows what the hell you're saying, right? You don't want to go in there and give another message. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. This is what I'm in the business of. I am in the business of something that every single person has dealt with in their life. I have a commonality with you, pain. So physical, mental, emotional, social, spiritual, and there could even be sexual pain, right? As a, even as a man, I've dealt with most of them. I don't get into that, but this is what I figured out. Remember we talked about the equation of life. This is what I do. Pain equals growth. Growth equals power. Power equals knowledge. And knowledge equals profit. What I've simply done is I have learned how to become profitable from not only other people's pain, but my pain. Now, this is where people are so fucking one-dimensional. Profit is not from a monetary standpoint. It doesn't just mean money. There's other ways to become wealthy. I always tell, learn to earn. I want to learn, your, learn to earn your trust, your relationship, your respect, right? Get some wisdom from you. But that's what I tell people. They see these videos and I always go, pain equals, gro- pain equals growth. He grew. And you see these pictures of me, you know, in the project where I'm killing these guys. Ah, I'm not killing them. What I'm doing is, is doing exactly what the boss man asked me at the beginning is, why do people not shift the gears? What I do is I take over that stick shift and I control the speed and the RPMs of that individual. Right. I redline them and I know when to shift the gears with them. I'll take them to 7,000. Some people I'll take to eight. I won't blow the engine because that would make me just vicious. But I'll push people right to the edge and then I'll shift them to another gear. And then as soon as they think they rested like they're that's the hill. Right. It all comes back to full circle. I push them again and push them again. My my stick shift doesn't have six gears or seven. It has as many fucking gears as it to get that person as well-rounded as I can make them. So seriously, thank you for all that, man. That was amazing. Um, so then like more specifically, cause I, it's a combination of everything you just said about like pain and growth, but what have you seen specifically that gets people to come back? Um, I've seen like, uh, you know, uh, like memes and stuff that say like, you know, once you see progress, you get become addicted. So has it been something like, uh, like they see an ounce of progress and next thing you know, they're there, you know, before everybody else, or is it something else that you've noticed? No, it's, 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 you know, we always talk about the why everybody has that why that internal, that internal flame that, that burns brighter than what I say, all the brush fires of, of the external dialogue, right? You have, you're dealing with bills and a wife, right? What the why becomes greater than anything else. And it's as simple as just, it's all with the, it's mental, right? That confidence, the minute that someone sees results, they want it, right? And that's the thing. If you're going to be addicted to something, if you're going to be fucking addicted, not drugs, not booze, be addicted to you and the progression that you can make. My daughter, and this is what I make people do, my clients, the first clients I get, right, in life, the first thing I say is I tell them, do you know what a POL is? They're like, no. 
Rob O'Neill is one of my best friends. I used to do the Zero Dark Thirty stuff um, for real, right? Worked with the CIA. High, my wife calls me a high-paid stalker. I can take your phone and I can and I can track you. But what a PLL is, is when you move your cell phone as you're driving, it hits cell phone towers, right? So you can track where it is. But when it stops and it sits there for four or six hours, usually that's where either someone's sleeping or doing something. But each individual in life has a PLL. Like I said, I get up the same fucking time. I'm a creature of habit. I do the same thing. Well, I was like, okay, now let's, let's remember everything I do goes back to full circle. I want to make people, when they get up, win the lottery. So what I do is I come up first with a POL, right? What I do is for 30 days, I make people write down every single thing that they do from the time they get up to they go to bed. Now, I don't need to know what time you'd go in the bathroom and shit like that, but there's called emotional discipline, right? Emotional discipline. You can be in the red, right? When you're running hot, you can be in the blue where you're ice cold. That's the worst, like my wife when she ignores me, Mm. or you can be in the green. So what I want to do is anything negative that spikes you in the red or the blue, I want you to circle that. And what you're going to start seeing is overlapping fields of fire where you're going to see the same things, people, places, or things that are negative in your life. So then I come up, I came up with this amazing fucking term called trim the fat. Right? That's how I had to get rid of my mother four years ago. She was a negative entity in my life. She was treating my daughter the way she was treating me. And I couldn't have it. And the day that my, when we were driving home, my daughter said to me, why doesn't Mimi love me? Done. Right? So my point is, is what I tell people is, is trim the fucking fat, right? Because there is, there's, we have a seesaw positivity, right? So this is an empty seesaw. I put one negative person on the seesaw. Obviously, it's going to sink down. How many, how many positive people do you think I need to make that go back to normal? Does anybody know? One. Seven. Oh, wow. Seven. Seven to one is the ratio. It's a Harvard business study. So my point is, is for every negative entity that I cut out of my life, I have seven positive things that I can use for other things then, right? Those, those other seven, those positive things that were sheltering this negative piece of shit are now exposed to me and I can use them for wealth and knowledge. Now we have the people interrupt just for a second. I I really like that uh, analogy and uh, that Harvard study sounds uh, super interesting. Um, I think what you just referred to is, I think sometimes we don't understand how negative something truly is. You know, your mom being a negative influence, that's pretty bad because that's someone that you need to, well, you feel like you need to interact with them, but it's not just a a negative to you. It impacts your wife. It impacts your daughter. And every time that this particular person, anyone can kind of apply their own case to it. Anytime there's a negative person around, um, even just the mention of their name, gets everyone's blood pressure up a little bit. You start talking a little bit faster. You're you're clearly, you're getting frustrated. Everyone else can feel that. And it's just, it is really, uh, it's, it's, but you know, on the other, on the flip side, when you have positive things coming and when you have friends that are positive, Oh, so-and-so is coming over the house. The whole house is happy. Everyone's excited. Oh, Bedros is coming over. Oh, we're going to go, you know, go to this uh, party tonight with Bedros and his friends or whatever. Then everyone's kind of pumped. The exact kind of opposite happens, but I like how you were, you were referring to it as it, the, the negative really builds upon itself because it's the thing that we focus on. Yes. There's not really a lot of reasons to really hone in and focus on, uh, things that aren't really problematic. You know, if something's not a real problem, you know, if you flex on Instagram and someone says you look great, 
That's not the focus. Yep, now, the I focus agree. is the guy that uh, the guy that's talking trash about you or whatever. So I, I really think that point is uh, well taken. And I want to show you guys something in a minute that you've probably never had on your podcast before, but there's also a POL. A POL, you, you, we talked about that, but there's the MOL, a model of life. So every morning, remember I told you guys, uh, well, I'm, I'm trying to get my daughter in here. Watch this. Mm-hmm. Watch this. I'm going to show you guys something. She's 12 years old. She's going to be embarrassed. I'm going to show you something. Every morning, come here, Nala. She'll come in. Every morning that I get up, I say the same thing. Come in here. So there's going to be 5 million people that hear this. Tell everybody what you are. Champion. What else? A winner. Thank you, baby. So here's what I do. Not, not scripted, anything like that. Every morning I get up, I say, be great today, be a bitch tomorrow. I'm going to put maximum output into my life, Right. I'm going to create the results that I want. I'm going to go, go to sleep. I'm going to get up tomorrow, and I'm going to rest. And then when I get up, what do I do? I repeat. Now, obviously, that's my 12-year-old daughter, all right? Who, would you ever want to program your daughter? Sorry, guys, if you have kids. I'm going to get married to a guy, and I'm going to let him treat me like dirt. No. No, right? Of course not. I killed him, right? My little daughter's got a little cute guy now that she likes, and I went over to they live in a neighborhood. I went over and met the two older brothers, met the dad. And then I saw him. I said, oh, who are you? He's like, oh, I'm Kate. And I'm like, oh, yes, sir. I know who you are. I just And I grabbed him. I pulled him in. I said, I just want you to know I know everything, right? Because my point is to this is you have to create a motto, a, a motto of life for not only you, but the people that you surround yourself with, right? Steve Eckhart, my business partner, he gets up every morning and his kids and he says, I am fucking awesome. Why would you want to program yourself to be average? And that's the problem. People think average today is okay. It's not. You got to be a fucking savage. You got to attack the hill in everything that you want in life. And if you're not doing it, the little girl that just came in is a direct reflection of who I am. And because, right, she's a sponge and I'm a sponge. I'm learning from the best and I'm, and I'm ringing it out on her, right? She goes to private school. Mom stays home and takes care of her. We're blessed with that. But it's because, right, we talk about it. I finally got my shit together. But for most of my life, I didn't have my shit together. Mark and I were talking about this. I have not always been this fucking organized. What I have is I've learned how to stack the W's from all of my L's, right? The L's are way up here. You don't see them. So people are like, man, how how are you so disciplined and how are you so focused and how are you so repetition motherfucker i fail every day not the greatest father in the world but i'll tell you what when she goes off into the world she's tough she knows how to defend herself and she knows that she is a champion and a winner that's all i can do that's it she is one of my i coach her right because we're all coaches in some fashion in our life if if you if you Deal with anybody. You're a coach. I know, sometimes we throw the word coach around a little too too loose, like we do hero and a couple other words, right? Um, I am a coach. Any person that's a father is a coach, unless they're a piece of shit and they're never around. But any good father is a coach. Any My wife, she's the greatest coach in the world, right? I, I love my wife. I'm married up. She's smart. She's beautiful. And that's what people need, right? Surround yourself with like-minded people. You guys have heard this scenario or the, the, the expression, pick five of your closest friends and that's who you're going to be. 
And five of my closest friends are all like fucking millionaires and they're super successful and they're super fit. Yeah! Yeah! Give it to me. I'm not there yet, but I'm coming. I'm coming. You know? And that's how I'm going to keep fucking being better. You guys are like, holy fuck, what in the hell is this guy? I know. I see it, man. You're like... You're not allowed to drink coffee, right? (laughs) No, I... Yeah, I... In moderation. That's... Go ahead and see. I'm really curious for you when, um, because, I mean, you talked a little bit about your past. You talked about going to the Navy SEALs, but is the Navy SEALs when the switch came or was it a little bit after that? Like, when did you really shift into this mindset? That's that is a great question. Um, 19 years old. And I'll tell you exactly why. So Jason Redman, um, author of The Trident and Overcome, a buddy of mine who got shot through the face, AK, 40, 40 surgeries in the face and all this stuff talks about um, he talks about getting off the X's and life ambushes. And what I call them is, is I've actually been mortared. I've been blown up before life is going to hit you with explosions in your life. And I was 19 years old. My father was murdered when I was 11. I went and had to go live with my mother who wasn't a big fan of mine. Um, I was going to community college. Um, I was a complete and utter piece of shit um, doing roofing, um, doing drugs, drinking, when I say womanizing, just treating, not, you know, not, but just treating women like I shouldn't be treating women. And I remember one night coming back from a bar, and what's just so amazing about this is I can't remember what I had for fucking breakfast two weeks ago, but I can remember what I was wearing at 19. I remember it was cold. I remember going in the bathroom, and I do these drills with my, with my clients. It's called a self-reflection drill, and how this came to me is, you know, it's the middle of the night, I come in late, sneak in, and, you know, you're going to wash your face, have the light on, and I look up in the mirror, and when I look in the mirror, I should see me, and I didn't see me. I saw the biker, the womanizer, the drug addict, the drunk father, right? Because I look a lot like my father, and right then and there, I was like, holy shit. Um, and I've done this about four times in my life where it's just, like I said, you have these epiphanies. And I was like, that's where the first one came. I was 19 years old because if I didn't join the Navy, I was probably going to jail for some stupid shit that I did. Um, but then right there, you know, I had to, I had a, thank you, Bajors, had a man up, nut up and go, okay, first thing I need to do is take full responsibility and accountability for my actions. I am the way I am, not because my father died or, or beat me or my mother doesn't love me, it's because I am not strong enough to get through this. So I had to self-motivate, educate, and decimate myself, right? Decimate, just put myself through torture, training to become better. You know, it's funny, I go back to my hometown, I've got a lot of friends that have let themselves go, and, you know, they're ill, and I'm like, they're like, what do you do that's so different than me? Nothing. I just work out an hour a day. That's all I do. That's the only thing I've done. And it's because I need to keep that, that, that blade, right? The samurai sword sharp, right? Most people, they sharpen the blade and they fucking hang the blade up and they don't use it until they need it. Not me. No, sir. I read every day. I work out every day. I eat good every day. All I'm doing, right? The symbolism, I'm sharpening that stone every day and I'm keeping control I'm responsible and accountable for how sharp that blade is. I take care of it. That blade is this and this. It has nothing to do with these. This is just 
That's just the results of having a strong mind and a strong heart, right? Everything else falls into place. So real quick, going back to your daughter and, you know, being a father, how do you, like, how, how can somebody push their kid to, to be like your daughter a little bit, but without going too far? And this question stems from, uh, I have an older brother. He's, I think, officially seven years older than me. Um, super gifted athlete, extremely smart, uh, was always on every all-star team, was always invited to like these like extra teams that go around the country playing all sports. He was pushed very hard by my dad. Uh, when it came to go to college, he had a full ride. And then he finally had enough. He's like, I'm done. And, you know, it, it pissed off my dad, of course. But that was his way of like, like, you pushed me my whole life. Well, this is my payback. So how can we push without pushing too far? It sounds like Snoop Dogg's son when he went to uh, UCLA. I remember when that happened. I was at <laughs> UCLA when that happened. Um, you know, we, you have to find balance, right? You have to find balance. And we lead, like, it's all about the leadership, I agree. Like, I'll give you an example. There's two types of leaders on the planet. Um, obviously, good leaders and bad leaders. Do as I say, not as I do. And do as I say, do as I do. So since my daughter literally could walk, fitness has been a part of her life, right? Uh, she's been a gymnast since she's been six. Uh, now, I'll tell you, with all this Kung Fu flu crap going on right now, she's gotten a little, she's gotten a little uh, lenient on the video games, but she still gets up. And, and does her stuff. So the best thing I can tell a parent is, is do what you can. And, you know, like my job is I get her to gymnastics. And this is what I've told my daughter since day one. Listen, the minute that it doesn't become fun and you don't enjoy it, you let me know. But you're not going to quit because your friends at your school want you to quit. Meaning, you know, like I can only use gymnastics as a deal with. She has, she's had a few fears that she's That's had a uh, running down the hill analogy you used earlier. Exactly right. Control the descent, right? You, I don't care how fast you run up the hill, right? And the reason why people don't want to run up the hill is two things: one, the air gets thin up there, and they get a hard time breathing. Hey, you can acclimate. Trust me. You don't need you don't need supplemental O2 until you're after thirteen thousand feet. Unless that hill's over 13,000 feet, we'll talk. And number two, what happens is, is a lot of people, the analogy is they get scared of heights, right? Like when I started working with Bedros, I started making like a lot more money and climbing up here. And all of a sudden I got up and, and he knows it, right? And he's like, it's when I switched from working with the blank, 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 three letters to working with Bedros, he's like, what are you scared of? I'm like, I don't know. He goes, you're making more money. I'm like, yeah, but what if I... He's like, brother, you're just scared of heights. You're not used to going this high. And this is what I'll tell you. This is what I tell everybody I know. He goes, dude, go as high as you want. He goes, you've jumped out of a plane. You've gone 25,000 feet. Let's go higher. And I'm like, and obviously it's all just analogies and symbolism, but I'm like, you're right, man. I can. So what I do with my daughter is I tell her, listen, I don't care what you do. I just want you to be the best at what you fucking do. She gets good, like, my, my thing in my house is good grades. Okay. You want to get A's like she gets a B here once in a moon with the B's. Um, but I just, you know, private school, I want you crushing it from there. She has no other, no other alternative, but fitness because my wife's a PT freak who makes me look like a slob. Like seriously, when I make love to my wife, I have to wear a bed shirt. Cause I'm, <laughs> I swear, I swear to God, I swear to God, literally I wear a bed shirt. I know. Oh Hopefully God. you cut that out, but I'm serious. My wife's like got shredded abs and 
Um, but I love it. Like most men would be intimidated by that. I love, I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, we're not cutting that out. That's going to be the promo. <laughs> just kidding. Shit <laughs> that comes out of my mouth. I'm sorry. It's true. Like my wife will come up here and go, and I'm like, and they'll be like, show us your abs, right? I'm just like, <laughs> not to you guys, but yeah. But that's what I would say. You know, all you can do, if, if I had to sum this up, is you can only lead the horse to the water, right? You, you do everything you can to lead the horse to the water. They have to decide when and how much they want to drink. I'm, me as a parent, I'm going to be supportive. Um, you've got to know, you've got to know the child with the red line, right? I'm going to red line my child. There's been like two or three times she's wanted to quit. And we're like, listen, get this move down and then you can quit. And we knew the minute that she did like that fly and fucking flip and landed, like you want to quit? No, daddy. That's right. And that's what we're there as parents to do. You know, just nudge them. I nudge them. I mean, I'm not going to shove her, but you know, but I'm going to nudge her and I'm going to keep moving her. And I want her to be uncomfortable too. And that's something that you need to do with your children. Teach them how to be uncomfortable, right? These kids that are sitting on the computers, just, you know, playing video games all damn day long. Here's the best piece of advice I give a parent. Do what I do. Take the joysticks, make them go outside. No phone. Give me your phone. Right? Well, how, how will I know where she is? That's fine. She can only go two houses up and down. I can see her. My daughter goes out and plays all the time. Right? I mean, when we were kids, we didn't have that shit. So my goal, if I could do everything right and be a better parent, I would rewind time and go back to the rotary phones before we had all this crazy shit and just make kids be more active. If we, uh, you know, take some of those things away, the kids will be bored and they'll want to do something and they'll probably find something to do. Um, And the same thing goes for food. You know, people like, how do I get my kid to eat better? But if you have uh, goldfish and Cheez-Its and Doritos and, you know, that that's what they're going to crave all the time. And so I'm not saying you have to do away with those things forever, but uh, it's a good idea to minimize those things and maybe take them out of the house here and there. Moderation, um, yes, sir. With, with, the, with the books that you've read and some of the people that uh, you're encountering that maybe have uh, played the role of uh, men, mentoring you mm-hmm. a bit, um, what are the similarities? Like there's got to be probably some similarities across uh, all these planes with the, with the books and these ideas that these people have to yeah. uh, be the best that they can be. What are some of the things that you've seen? I, I think it's just that, that, that warrior mindset, you know, that, that can do attitude. The, you know, when, like Jason Redmond says, when life gets fucking hard, just roll up your sleeves and get harder. I'm like, yeah, I love that. You know, and I say, you know, life's hard, train harder. The, the motto is, you know, um, just keep going, you know, like the only time I'm going to quit is when I die. And every single person that I've talked to, um, you know, I've got some pretty huge mentors in my life. Um, I don't want to hear what's so cool about me is like, you know, if I sit down with like a Bedros or, you know, Doc Gabby, I really like Doc Gabby. I don't want to hear about this. I want to hear about the climb up the hill. That's, that's what I have in common with everybody is the people that write these amazing books. They don't just sit here and just tell you how awesome they are and how big their, you know, their, their thing is. They sit here and tell you about the trials and tribulations and the fuck ups because that's what's real, right? I can relate to people making mistakes and, and, um, throw, wanting to throw in the towel and, but not doing it. And the, the one similarity that we all have is, you know, like I said, it's just a fuck it, fuck you mindset. It's, you know, 
I'm going toe to toe with you. And it's like, fuck it. I'm already here. You know, like you wrote me, you know, respect podcast. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I'm always nervous back on on podcasts. I'm not going to tell you that, you know, I just told millions of people. Um, but my point is, is you just gotta, all the people that are so successful somewhere, somehow their why became so great that they believed in themselves and nothing or no one could stop them. That's the similarity that I have. Like Jason Redman laying in, in the fucking bed, his nose is shot off, half his face is out. It's on. I mean, and he's my, he lives 10 minutes down the road from me. And I asked him, what was your why? He's just like, I'm not going to die like this. I mean, that's it. You know, three, three beautiful kids, a, a beautiful wife. I mean, I've known this guy since Buds. We're in Buds together. He's just like, I am too hard to die this way. And I love that about people. This people that just know that's not how they're going to go. It's not like me. You know, I don't want to be one of these guys that, you know, driving down the road, goes to the grocery store and has a heart attack. You know, that's why I try to stay as healthy as I can. Man, when I go, you know, I want to be like on CNN going out in style or something, you know, like I'm saving, I'm saving somebody from 12 alligators or something, something crazy, just something where I can make a, a, a impact, right? I don't want to be impressive. I want to be impactful. Having such a strong like regimen to live by, you know, when you are a Navy SEAL, was the transition tough after you know, being a Navy SEAL, like just getting out into real life. Are you kind of almost maybe in a way like looking down on people, like look at these slobs, like these people, they don't, they don't train. They don't do this. They don't do that. They got a weak mindset. Was that transition tough to get back into society? No. And I'll tell you why, because I got out of the Navy and I went right into the CI last letter. And Lily, all I did was work with a bunch of SEALs, recon, SF, and like PJs, going overseas. So I literally went from one platoon to another one for 14 years. The biggest transition I had um, was literally last January when I switched with Bedros. A lot of self doubt. I mean, Bedros will tell you, you know, I'm on here and I'm like super confident and, and this and that. And Bedros has told me, man, you're a fucking hypocrite, bro. And I was because I was so scared to leave the business, or my business world, to come to his business world, right? Carrying a gun, kicking in doors, that's easy. And Beto was just like, let me get this straight, right? Because now I do sales and stuff. He's like, you're more scared to sit in front of a computer and make sales and talk to people, cold sales and warm, warm calls, I'm learning all this shit, versus carrying a gun. I'm like, yeah, he goes, you're a hypocrite because you talk about redlining, but you won't redline yourself with business. And then right there, you know, and I actually... I have a pair of shoes that have lines on them because he called me a fucking sheep line. He told me the story about the line that was raised by the sheep and blah, blah, blah. Long story short, he pretty much just called me a pussy to my face. So whenever I speak now and I get nervous, right, I hate speaking in front of people. I'll speak in front of like thousands of people. I'll look down at my shoes and people start applauding because they know what I'm doing. And I'll just, I'll come back up and I roar. I'm like, I'm a lion. And Bedros taught me that. And that's my goal in life is to tell people, take calculated risk, believe in yourself, and you have so much more to offer. Because I have been literally a hypocrite for 48 years and six months of my life telling people to attack, to do this, to do that. And everybody was like, well, Ray, you were doing like some of the hardest training in the world, the Sicario, the Zero Dark Thirty. And I was super comfortable doing it. I was in my, I was in my comfort zone. So now I'm out of my comfort zone, talking on big podcasts like this. 
I'm sweating like I stole something right now, man. I mean, see, I ain't gonna lie to you guys. I am. I'm like, you know, I'm not even wearing pants. No kidding. <laughs> when did you recognize that you were so passionate about helping other people? It's just been accumulative to my whole life because no one helped me. Like I, every time I help somebody, it's because I don't want them to feel like I did. Like when I wanted to become a Navy SEAL, I walked up like an idiot talking to a bunch of Navy SEALs in Seattle. I'm like, man, my name's Ray. I want to be a Navy SEAL. They're like, get the fuck out of here. You're never going to make it. Um, having a mom that really wasn't there, not having anybody to guide me. I don't want people to feel I was lost for a long time. And I think my whole passion of giving back is I just want to help people so they don't feel that way. And in return, the only thing I ask is, is, you know, pay it forward, right? Just, it's all about giving back, you know, like that's, that's the biggest lesson. And I don't keep talking about Bedros on here. Cause I'm, you know, he's not paying me for this. No, <laughs> he did. He said, the, you know, and Doc Gabby too, she's the same way. The more that you, the more that you make, the more that you can give back. Right. Because, you know, the more, that's what Bedros has taught me. The more financially set I am, the more I can give back, the more time I have to spend with my wife and my daughter. It just, gives me options that I never had before. Now, I have no, nothing against the guy that's rolling up his sleeves and he's fucking grinding 12 hours a day and he's, he's still living check to check. I get it. I've done it. Um, but this is the, the advice that I'll tell you. Just keep staying on course and eventually, I'm telling you, man, it's going to happen. That's the best advice. It took me fucking 48 years and that's what the whole Navy SEAL and the TV and the movies and all that, that means nothing. What I tell people is the only thing that matters is right now. I get up and speak, and they're like, now, former Navy SEAL, CIA. I'm like, listen, guys, I got 45 minutes to not tell you what I've done, but to tell you what I can do based off of this. And people are like, but I saved 10 minutes of an intro. So let's let's use this time and attack the hill. And that's what I think people need to do. They just need to start attacking, right? Front sight focus. You see your target, attack it, right? Because it, three steps to be successful in life. Ask, make, take. Ask, what is the problem? What do you want? Make. Make a fucking decision. Take. Take action. People don't take action. They don't. They sit around. They wonder, well, 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 what if I fail? What? Guilty. I finally took action. I'm living proof that an Irish kid that barely has an high school education can, can make it and surround himself with some of the best. I mean, I'm getting all these cool podcasts. I do all this cool shit. You know, people are like, how the hell do you do it? It's all about having a great mental attitude, right? I talk about team, trust, effort, attitude, mission. That is it. That's why I always sign off with stuff saying team care, trust. I trust in my wife. She trusted me and my daughter and my kids. Effort. I'm going to give you guys when I come on this podcast 100% of my fucking effort. Attitude, you're not going to meet anybody that has a better attitude than me. Mission, hey, you tell me what the mission is and success and we'll accomplish it. Success is growth. It's not money, it's growth. Let's create growth. Mm-hmm. And that's how, that's how the world could be a better place if people just kept it that simplistic. You know, Ray, you mentioned the uh, being in a comfort zone and it's crazy that your comfort zone was exactly what you just mentioned, like banging in places, carrying guns, doing whatever you did. That was your comfort zone. And I hate to bring up Bejos again, but when he was on the podcast before, he talked about, I don't know if it's like every month or every whatever uh, uh, like amount of time, he does some weird, different thing. That Six maybe- week challenge. 
six week yep. challenges, right? He does things that he's never done before. Yep. And that really like, that really got me thinking because, you know, as adults, there are certain things that you've done for a long time. Like for me, I've lifted since I was 13. So certain things when it comes to fitness aren't difficult for me, but then certain things when it comes to business are difficult for me. Yes. You know what I mean? And it's just like, for you yourself, you, you, you said that it's, it was, you know, it's been 48 years and sales is now the hardest thing for you. So when you're dealing with adults, right. Who they're in their comfort zone, they're doing really, really well at something, but they find it so difficult to move and do other things at that same level. What is it that you try to help them do? Well, I just try to have people realize that, you know, just because you're really fucking good at something, it doesn't mean that's your only calling, right? I think people have passion and purpose. I always tell people what, you know, like I've met people that make six, seven, and eight figures, but there's no passion. There's no fire. There's no spark. And I've asked people like, you know, what, what, what lights your fire? What, what blows your skirt up? What gets you, you know, what, what gets you going? And, and I've had some of my clients say, oh, no, it's stupid. You're not going to believe. And one guy wanted to write, write children's novels. And he's not like some freak or anything, but he's, you know, he's worth like $20 million. I'm like, well, fucking write a novel. See it. Well, what if people don't like it? You're not going to know. You're never, you're never going to grow unless you know. I want to make sure people understand that. You're never going to grow unless you know. You need to know what you're capable of, right? Um, I do I do T-shirts now. My, my business conquer. I was like, oh, shit, I don't know, man. I don't know if this is cheesy, seven points of performance to, to master you. Let's try it. Take it off, right? But that's what I tell people. Find out what makes you, what's your passion. Now, there are some people that are like, you know, Drinking bros, they got a podcast, they, that, that's their dream in life, they want to do it, hey great, you found your purpose and passion, now find a way to expand all that and help other people out. Yeah, but if you, if you just get up and you're going through life with the blinders on, right, and it doesn't matter if you're making minimum wage or you're making millions of dollars, being miserable is being miserable. Just If you have more fucking money, you just have more money and you're just maybe, maybe more miserable, right? Some of the most miserable people I've met are, are rich. You know, yeah. maybe one day I'll have to deal with that. I remember I joked with Tom Hanks. He's like, man, you don't, you don't want to deal with the, the shit I have. Bring it on, Tom. Give it to me. Let me try. <laughs> I'll tack that hill. You know, pay me $10 million for fucking Captain Phillips. I was, I was a little part. I got a little bit of money. Come on, bring it. Um, what would I tell people is, is if it's not passionate enough, then, and it's all about transitioning, right? Transitioning, right? When you go into a room, you have to have your fields of fire. I'm not telling people by any means, quit your fucking job and go write a children's book. I'm saying find a way, right? Find outs. We call them doors when you're, when you're, when you're working, right? Find avenues of out like me, t-shirt business. It's residual income. Find other ways that once you start, right? This is the money you're making. If you're starting to do this and you really love the passion, figure out the want versus the need, right? All right. I need to make X amount of dollars for my family. I want right? That's the problem. Everybody focuses on the want. You need to focus on the need, the necessities. I need this. Once you figure out how you can do that, I would rather lose money doing the passion that I love, just making bills meet because it's going to give me a better attitude and perspective on life. And we've done that. Um, I worked less. I mean, I make more now, but I work more. I worked less and made, you know, to how much I was home. Technically I made more money. And Bedros is like, you want to make more money? Yes, sir. 
well, then let me teach you how to work harder. Okay. So, but I'm passionate about it because we're changing lives and that's what the project's about. Well, we're doing that every other month. We're fucking smoking people and we're making men better. So that's my way of giving back to the community right now. I would imagine while you're training as a Navy SEAL that you have so much stuff to do and so much stuff going on that you maybe don't have time to have depression or anxiety or to even be unhappy. Um, What is that like, you know, going going through that? Like, uh, I'm not sure if you were unhappy before you went in, but I would imagine that you're so occupied. You have so much responsibility, so many things to do. Uh, that it it might be hard to like sit around and and uh, kind of loaf around or or to really think a lot about your thoughts because you got so much shit to do every day. Yeah, um, you know when the whirlwind stops, when you're out of battle, you know, and you take time for reflection, um, it'll hit you like a fucking ton of ton of bricks. Uh, PTSD is a fucking monster. I have it. 100 percent disabled vet, uh, permanent. Uh, you just have to figure out, you know, I, I hate to use the term, but happy Gilmore, you know, the happy place. I figure out, you got to figure out what makes you happy and try to try to put that into the equation. Um, nights are hard sometimes when you're thinking about people and things that you've had to do in life. It's, it's pretty fucking tough. Um, but, you know, in the teams, the things that we've had to do and in the agency, it's, it's amazing what, people will justify for you, you know, like if you have to take a human life, if it's for a greater good, eventually that's going to catch up with you. You know, I mean, I'm not going to talk about my past or anything that I've had to do. I'm proud of the things that I've had to do and not so proud of some of them. But what I do in my mind, it's all about that programming for the greater good, for the greater good, for the greater good. Uh, Losing brothers. I, I, I don't have an answer to that right now. Um, Try not to, I really, you know, the one thing that I know when I got diagnosed with the PTSD is I really cut out drinking um, because drinking and using artificial substances, we'll use that, can sometimes hinder the thought process. Uh, I need to be as clear as I can um, for for that. I'm not, you know, I'm. you guys can see I'm a lot as it is. You know, Jason Redman and them call me in case of war break. Um, so, you know, like, perfect example. Uh, last night I took my wife and daughter out, you know, my wife had a drink at bonefish. I don't drink. I don't drink in front of my daughter. I did a few years ago and I got a little silly, not crazy about five years ago at a new year's Eve party. And she was like, daddy, I didn't like the way you acted. I haven't had, I think I've had a beer in front of her since then. So, um, for people that are, when the time comes, the best advice I can give is try not to try not to push it aside by numbing yourself. There are definitely people and facilities out there that can, can help you with that. Um, especially like veterans. Um, the hardest problem with vets and people that are dealing with, cause you know, you can get PTSD from childhood. They told me I, my childhood is worse than my teen life is that number one, you're not alone. That's what I tell people. And number two, it's not your fault. Um, no matter what. And number three, you can get help. You just have to open your heart and mind to it. You know, a lot of guys that are alphas, you know, big tattoo guys, we're all vulnerable at some level. And that's what I tell people. Even some of the hardest cats I know in life, you know, you go to a funeral and you see a brother die. Um, Some guys hold it, but eventually there needs to be an outlet for it. You just need to find out a controlled way to let it out. You know, 
Uh, a lot of guys do jujitsu. There's, you know, that, that's therapeutic. There's a lot of different therapeutic methods that you can use. Um, I know some guys that run. I just like to go to, like me, I work out. That's, you know, I, I go, I have two churches. I have, you know, the real church and then have the iron church. Um, I'm in the gym today, you know, crushing it. And it's, I'm doing it to be better, you know, and just putting out more. Is it, uh, I mean, it must be hard to think about the greater good because it's, uh, like who does who gets to decide that, right? And so I guess when it comes to that sort of thing, you probably can't really, you probably can't even really go there, right? No, yeah, you can't you know, think you, about. Uh, you have to believe in the mission that, like I said, that team that you're on, the trust, effort, attitude, and mission. I, I think that that um, that has pivotal foundations on battlefield, business field, and home field, which is the three things that I focus on. Sometimes they're all in one. Um, but you know, like for my past with the history, you know, when you signed up for the seals, you know, you didn't sign up for a fucking boy scout club. You signed up to do what needed to be done. So it's all about programming. You know, when you have to go overseas, people deal with things different, different ways. Um, that's why I think it's so important for me. Why I do the coaching, coaching other people, motivating other people, you know, crushing other people is actually therapeutic for me. That's kind of my release. That's why I do all these camps and stuff. Um, also, I think the best thing that someone can have, too, is a solid foundation home. I mean, I married a gal that I have. Seriously, guys, I don't even relate. No fucking business being with. She's, like, super smart, super fucking hot. Um, you know, just she's my age, and she looks like when we go out, I look like her fucking grandfather. Um, but, but, you know, but... So it's all about who you surround yourself with. But what I would tell anybody, if anybody's listening to this, this podcast and any of this is relating to you, you know, you guys could, I'll, I'll give people, you can reach out to me and I will help you get help. I mean, you know, I don't care. You don't have to be a vet to have PTSD. That's, that's the misconception. Oh, I didn't go to battle. There's a lot of different battles in life, right? Mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, social, sexual, um, so trauma is trauma and the best advice I can give any man, woman person out there is to seek out help and just know you're not alone. I know I don't, I don't get too serious often, but it's very, my job is to help as many fucking humans as I can. How did your father uh, get killed? And were you made aware of like what happened right away? Yeah. Obviously I'm sure you knew that he passed right away, but. Did you know? Yeah, fun story. I was actually, my parents got divorced when I was very young. I was was with my mother in uh, Owings Mills, Maryland. I'm from Dundalk, Maryland, not a good part of town. Hmm. The story goes, I was 11. My father got into a bar fight. He was a hellraiser. Beat the hell out of a guy who was walking home because he lost his license. The guy ran him over with a car and then drug him until nothing was left. So I got the word from my Aunt Betty, who was his uh, sister, who was also like the super police officer, that he had been taken and, you know, changed my whole life around. Um, very angry. Um, a lot of questions not answered. And I'll never know him. But I think people look at things the wrong way. I try to reverse engineer everything. I think that happened to my father. The abuse that he gave me made me the man that I am today. And believe me, I'm far from fucking perfect. But um, – I can out, I outperform a lot of people in different manners, not just with lifting. Um, I try to outthink people. I try to outmaneuver people. Um, I'm always, I'm always situationally aware of what's going on. 
And I think that's because of the trauma that I have and the uncertainty because, you know, my goal was, is I don't want to, I don't want to be that guy. You know, I don't want to leave my family the way that he left me. I mean, cause it fucking sucked, you know, and then go to a mom who really wasn't ready or wanted you. It's tough, but you know, shit happens. Um, I could sit here and, you know, write a boohoo book about it, but instead I try to, I try to stack the wins up. You know, I, I learned my lesson. Um, you know, I don't beat my kids. Um, and I've just learned from all the lessons, the shit that he did to me and the shit, the way that my mother treated me, I make sure I don't do that shit to my kids and my wife. I think it's, ama- it's an amazing story because it sounds to me like you um, somehow it took you some time, but you somehow figured out how to heal yourself uh, from within by kind of meeting all these different mentors and going through uh, all these different uh, types of training and becoming a Navy SEAL. And then now you're trying to show people the way and it could be through, it, you know, it's, it's uh, interesting too, because it doesn't have to be through them being abused as a child. It could be them trying to run a hill. It could be them trying to train their face off until they just feel like they're in a corner that they can't get themselves out of maybe the same way you felt when you were young. Yeah, I have a lot. I have lots of scars. I have lots of physical scars, but I also have lots of emotional scars. Um, and the fucking cool thing about physical scars are they say chicks dig them. You can look down um, and see them and it, it brings back, you know, I can remember like when I broke my leg in half, Lee climber or my shoulder surgery. Um, the emotional scars, though, what happens with those is something will trigger those, right? Like I'll be doing something and then it's like you never had like a little sore and you scratch it and it starts to bleed. You're like, shit, that's the, that's the kind of representation or symbolism that I deal with. I'll see something, I'll see a, a parent yelling at a child. I mean, I don't go into the fetal position or anything, but it's like somebody's just poking, scratching at me and it just gives me a quick second. So the physical scars, I'd much rather have those than the emotional scars. Emotional scars I don't know if they're healed. I don't believe that I've killed them. I believe that I've named them, claimed them, and tamed them. Does that make sense? I don't believe that you can kill that type of demon, but I can name it, claim it, and tame it. As long as I can do that, I can keep it under control. Um, There are times, and that's why I know that when I drink, those emotional scars will come out. So easy, don't fucking drink. That's how I, that's how I avoid, that's my self avoidance from it. Right. I'm, why am I going to steer the ship towards the rocks when I could just steer them away from it and have smooth sailing? And that's what I'm going to do. You ever considered uh, psychedelics or anything like that? Cause I know that some people use that for PTSD and there's more research. I mean, like in a clinical sense, I don't no, mean, no, 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 no. I was just laughing. Um, <laughs> you know, I've been thinking about, I've, I've been hearing about the, but, um, <laughs> You know, just my life with, you know, I haven't, I haven't smoked a joint since I was fucking, uh, like in high school. So my thing is, is, you know, maybe I'm a hypocrite. I'm worried. I've, I've heard, I just, you know, whenever you, I mean, I remember when I was younger watching guys trip, you know, you have a good trip or bad trip. I just wouldn't want to have the bad side or the dark side come out. So I'm to the point now where, it's manageable, right? I can control it. If it got uncontrollable, the first thing I would do, what I won't do is when I first had this issue, I went to the VA, no, no dig on the VA, but, you know, Vicodin and mm-hmm. that's not the answer. 
just medicating people up is not the answer because then what happens, you get addicted and then we have a whole fucking underlining issue. Um, they gave me a bunch of Vicodin for stuff and I started taking it and I started chewing it like candy and I was like, nope. So um, try to do, I try to do it the right way now. Try to eat better, work out better, smarter, um, learning. The biggest, biggest thing I've learned over the years is I just – education i try to educate myself bedros makes me read all the time drives me nuts but because i wasn't i wasn't a big reader i wasn't very well articulated with things and i still not but i know a little bit more than i used to you know i used to just focus on my little bubble just this Mm -hmm. um you know so definitely but no i don't know maybe (laughs) one day maybe we'll maybe we'll fire one up i don't know (laughs) i have to talk to doc g about that see if that's okay yeah, speaking of, she just sent uh, Dr. Gabrielle Lyons in a message, and she's like, send my love. And I'm like, well, I can't do it the way you can, but she says what's up. So, uh, you know, shout she out to is, She's cha- And I'll tell you what, she has changed my fucking life. She's, she's the awesome. best. Yeah. She is, man. She's she's keeping this chassis well-oiled. She's smart. Um, she's funny. Um, and I, I love everything about her. I, w- I don't have one. But, you know, when I first met her, I thought she'd be taller. <laughs> she's so short. And I mean, I'm little, but when I met her, I was like, hey, I thought she was tall. Me too. Wait, how tall is she? She's like fucking five foot tall. She's only got like heels on. She's tiny. So, she's a wow. yeah, but yeah, she's freaking incredible. Um, how did she you, is. how did you link up with like people like her, Bedros and everybody? Like how, where I'll did that connection exactly. come from? It comes from having a great fucking attitude. I met, you know, you want me to tell you how I met Bedros Colleen? Here you go. This is a great story. I had to speak at something where, you know, obviously Jason Redman was there and a bunch of big speakers, uh, Bradley. I was kind of one of the opening acts. And we just kind of met and hit it off. I knew who he was, but I wasn't going to sit here and suck his mule or nothing like that. You know, he was, he was cool. But um, we started talking, and then one thing led to another, and we kind of went to the bar, and then I started showing him Stop Man, where you snort the salt, drink the tequila, rub the lemon in your eye, like after meeting him. And he's like, holy fuck. Well, anyway we have a lot of similarities with our childhood. He's got a rough childhood too. And he told me, he goes, listen, my last five minutes of my speech, I want you to really listen because it's going to really pertain to you. And I said, you know, when B really gets on me, I go, yes, sir. Um, so anyway, I have backstage access. And I remember I just got off the plane. It was fucking enormous, the big suit on. And as he's speaking and he's coming off stage, I had a piss so bad. Well, when he comes off stage, I'm looking at him and I'm pissing in a bottle. <laughs> And little, I couldn't make this up. He's like, that was, you know, B, he's like, dude. And I'm like, you know, what? He's like, you're pissing in a bottle. And I said, yeah. And I zipped up and put my thing on. And he goes, there's a bathroom right there. And this is how the relationship started. I said, yeah, I know. But imagine if you would have looked out in that crowd, you would have saw me. And then when I got off, when you got off stage, you would have seen me backstage. And he's like, yeah, you're right, dude. Because when you're on stage, you can find people. Um, and that, that did it right there. That started the relationship with me and him. Doc Gabby, I've just been a fan of her work forever. And I know, you know, I, I know her, her old man, um, obviously a team guy. I was using someone else and she came highly recommended, went up to New York and, you know, she's great friends with my wife. I just, she treats you like family. You know what I mean? Even though she's very successful, takes time. I mean, I can call her for anything and she drops what she's doing. I mean, if she's not on a damn TV show or she's always on TV shows and shit doing stuff, but she will answer everything. And that's what I love. How, how humble she is. You know, Beatrice is the same way. You would never know that they're whatever they make and how they're crushing it. They're just great fucking human beings. 
And that's who I surround myself with. You know, I'm really curious about this because you mentioned that it's something that you use with your clients. And when you were 19, like you saw your reflection, and that's Mm -hmm. one of those pivotal points for you. You said that there were maybe three or like there were three other points that that happened for you or maybe four other points. I'm curious what those points were and what shifted for you. Um, I'll give you another one. In 2004, I was working for the agency and uh, we started taking mortar fire. Um, and so I'm behind a car door is open. Of a, it was a BMW and it's about a 580 pound door because it's got level seven body armor. And I was a new guy and had to put uh, ammo. So magazines full of five, five, six and all this in the doors. Cause it gets so hot. You have to pull them out. And when the mortar started coming in, I froze for a second, right? Cause I was thinking I was behind cover. Mm-hmm. And what had happened was, is the blast wave pushed the door shut and hit my mouth. So boom, right. Put me down. So as I'm trying to get up, I look up, you know, as I'm trying to get up, there's just a pile of blood. A lot of these aren't, aren't really mine. They're all messed up. So as I'm trying to get up, you know, this is where you're talking about. I'm trying to gather my teeth together. And there's a guy I used to work with over at a uh, buddy of mine from SEAL Team 6 named Tim. It's just like you think in the movies. He's going, right? He's screaming at me. My ears are ringing. And I'm like trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. And I'm like, oh my God. As I start trying to get up, boom, I fall down again, right? Um, and these are these pin- pinnacle moments where, like, remember I told you the first time I looked, I saw my father. Well, this one I saw, I saw my wife and my son. And I'm like, holy shit, I can't die like this. Like, because I'm sitting there burning like on the ground. I'm going to die. So it, luckily, no, they leave no man behind. My buddy grabbed me. And, you know, and I'm thinking, yeah, we're good. Woof, we get hit again, blows up my side. Um, and the point of this is, is just when those moments happen, like, I don't know where I go. It's like I go outside my body and I see things, right? And that's one of the one of the drills I do with every one of my coaching clients is I make them take a picture of themselves and grade themselves on their family, their fitness, their finances, and faith. And the thing is, is like when I was running for my life and, you know, when you get hit, it's like you see the movies, it just blows you that way. So I'm like flying through the air and like teeth are gone and everything. I'm just thinking, is, was I the best father? Was I the best husband? Was I the best, you know? whatever, you know, intimate time with my wife. And the answer to that was no. Um, and then one of the big drills that I do is, you know, Bajor, this is one of Bajor's drill. You know, you're born, there's the dash and you die, right? What the fuck is my tombstone going to say when I die? And I didn't like what it fucking said. So the dash, right, that Bay talks about is the now. I'm going to rewrite my dash, Like, I'm not going to be a hothead. I'm not going to just punch people in the face. I'm going to be a better person. Um, So there's been about four of those things, you know, Um, getting blown up, being in in, in warlike situations where you don't think you're going to go home, where no shit, your life flashes before your eyes. And it's just like regret. Like every time that it's been one of those life altering things, it's been regret. Like I literally just go, fuck. It'd be nice to one time just get mortared. And go, yeah, I'm going to die, but I'm a great human being. And my wife loves me and my kids love me. Okay. And that's, that's probably been my saving grace. That's what's made me just crawl out of, you know, just like Jason, when he got shot in the face or Latrell. We don't want to live with that fucking regret. Um, but I use the regret. That's what I do that's so awesome. I take the pain, the negativity, the sorrow, the regret, right? People avoid that shit, right? Everybody has a superpower and a kryptonite. Fuck that. Make your kryptonite and your crutch your superpower. 
Motherfucker, I eat regret for breakfast now. I spend time with my wife. We have coffee every morning. I tell her I love her every day. I make sure I tell my daughter she's beautiful. Shit, I never used to do because I thought I was too much of a badass to do it. You know? I'm not sitting here saying I watch a golden palm with my wife every night. No, I don't do shit like that. But we do things together, right? Spend time with my kids. Um, my son lives in Seattle. I call his little ass all the time. Hey, man, just checking on you. So I just want to be a better fucking human being so that when it happens again, and it will, there'll be another one. You know, deaths in the family, things like that. The only one that I haven't been able to clear up is the one with my mother. And I won't. I'm too fucking stubborn. I won't let her treat my daughter the way she treated me. I will not. Yeah, that can be uh, that can be really difficult. I know a lot of friends who've had difficult situations, and one that always comes to mind is uh, is C.T. Fletcher, who just had this horrible relationship with his dad, and um, he I like I think there were several times in his life where he thought his dad was just going to say, "Hey, son, like I'm, you know." I know I sucked, but I'm sorry. Cause he'd still talk to his dad. His dad, you know, he yeah. was still communicating with him and stuff. And um, somebody gave CT Fletcher the advice of uh, him apologizing to his dad. And he was like, nope. fuck you. He's <laughs> like, I'm not doing that. Nope. And so he actually, he actually did. He actually hey. did go and do that. He went to his dad and he said, Hey, you know what? I'm sorry for not being the son uh, that you wanted. Sorry, I couldn't live up to whatever standards you might have had for me. And he's, his dad broke down and cried, and they hugged and they talked a bunch. And it didn't make everything all of a sudden magical. No. But but what it did for CT is it just kind of it buried that uh, negativity. So something like that worked worked really well for him. Do you think that uh, anything like that could uh, maybe potentially work for you? No. And as much as I fucking and I tell you what, man, I fucking love. That man, I missed, he's missed amazing, isn't he? Yeah, and I, he's on my bucket list to like one of these days getting a out motherfucking. Come on, bro, let's do it. You know, <laughs> I, I would love to go toe to toe with him. I just God, but no. Um, and the reason is, is because it's not just if it was just me, yes. Um, but driving home when my little girl still in a car seat isn't tuned enough to know, like because we went in the house, there was no pictures of her because they took all the pictures mm. of us down yet. There's pictures of my sister and everybody. And I, you know, I wish no, no ill will, but I just was always like, I reminded my mother of my father who I guess he treated her like dirt and they got divorced. Mm. And no matter what I did, it was like, it's not enough, right? The TV, the movies, the seal. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. And, you know, paying for her to come on vacations with us. Like I was paying for her to accept me because I reminded her of something that she didn't want in her life anymore. And I just, I will not let my daughter, I'm too strong to do that. Um, if it was just me, I would have apologized years ago. And I, because I know if I apologize, we'll go right down the same road again. But um, I, I'm not willing to, I have controlled the bleeding. Um, I haven't stopped it, but I've controlled it. But if I, if I apologize to her and let her back into life, um, it, it comes down to you either have to fucking put a tourniquet on it and move on or you're going to die. And I won't do that anymore. Tell us about uh, movies and TV. How did some of this stuff happen? <laughs> um, <laughs> I started off with a TV show called Ultimate Soldier Challenge with Rob Roy, uh, the snow bro, one of the SEAL Team 6 uh, black team guy, mentor of mine, love him. Um, call him the snow bro, just monster, big guy. 
Um, and it was such a great fucking thing to do. But they got this interview because they were like, man, we're looking for this big Jack tattoo guy. And I'm like, well, I'm five foot seven, 210 pounds. I don't know if I'm big, but like, yeah, you got all these tattoos. And my interview was, we're going to name a, like a branch of the service. And you tell us the first thing that comes to mind. I'm like, okay. And they're like, and it's just joking. They're like, SF. I'm like, pop belly guys. And they're like, you know, Spetsnoffs. I'm like, mail order bride. And I just kept going through all this stupid stuff. And they liked my personality. We did the show and we won it. Um, myself, I was 40 at the time. Rob was 50. We beat a 23 and 28-year-old guy. And that's just uh, 110 degrees. I had, a cl- I had to carry a 60-pound dummy up, literally up a mountain. Uh, Rob was too tired. So I just said, fuck it, fuck you. I'll do it myself. I did it. And then when I got to the top of the mountain, I went back down to go get them. Um, wow. Age doesn't matter to me. It's all about just putting out. Not to mention, I was told if I failed um, the teams here, because I live in Virginia Beach, they said they'd fucking burn my house down. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, After that, it was, um, I did Ultimate Soldier Challenge, BBC, where myself and another SEAL went and just smashed people for about a week. Mm-hmm. Um, doing what we do best, um, making people better from the inside out. Captain Phillips ended up, I started off as an extra. One thing led to another. I was talking to Dana Bernetti, one of the executive producers. I didn't even know who the fuck he was. Um, he liked me and he said, Hey, I want to try something. And he introduces me. Seriously. When I met Tom Hanks, this was the intro. He was like, hey, I want you to meet somebody. I want to try something out for a second. I'm like, okay. And he goes, Hey, this is Tom Hanks. I hope that more. No fucking shit. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> <laughs> but um, and I've just gotten a couple roles from that. I'm supposed to be doing something here new with uh, Rogue American Apparel. Um, as long as the content is good and there's a purpose to it, because I'm not going to get on TV and just you know be a dancing bear and do something stupid. But if I can help people, right? Because this is my success is this, helping others help themselves. That's my definition of success. You want to be successful in life, help others help themselves. Pedro's calling and said, you want to be a millionaire? Help a fucking million people. I'm like, roger that. And I'm going to do it, right? I'm not going to stop, you know? Um, and I get to hang out with some great people in the way. You know, I know the Michael Hearns and, you know, all these NFL football players and all this crazy shit. And, you know, uh, Phil, I've been talking to Phil Heath a lot. Like, I've been telling him, let's do a pose down. And he's like, he just laughs at me. He's like, come on. Mm-hmm. But Did you get a, tra- a chance to train with Michael Hearn at all? I, every time we're going to, something comes up, Mike. Oh. I know, yeah. Um, but it's funny because I was like, Mike, let's, let's, you know, I, he's a savage man. I was like, let's do 200 burpees. He's like, why the fuck would I want to do 200 burpees? You know, he's Mike is, you know, if we go, it's, it's going to be on Mike's, you know, Mike's grounds. And I, I'm fine with that. I'll fucking, I won't back down from anybody. I'll train with fucking anybody. It isn't like cardiovascular type stuff, but he, I wouldn't surprise me if he'd be pretty good at it anyway. You, he's such a natural athlete. You know who I've been doing a lot of stuff with lately is Clark Bartram. Oh yeah. Yeah, dude, fifty. I mean, that guy's yeah, he's still shredded. Seven. I know. I'm like, we do our thousand eighty push-ups, and the women are like, oh my god. I'm like, I don't get shit, but <laughs> he's doing a great. He's doing great stuff with his with his group over fifty too. So I love him. Do you ever uh, allow yourself to have any, um, I guess, like cheats or let your guard down to like watch Netflix with the family or something? Because I'm sure somebody's listening to this and, you know, they're getting inspired and they're like, man, this guy's a fucking robot, though. I could never be anything like that. (laughs) So I want to hear it. And again, I reverse engineer everything, too. Like last night I posted a video and everybody's laughing. I'm drinking a milkshake and people are like, I didn't think you'd have a cheat meal. Motherfucker, I don't have a cheat meal. I have a reward meal. I reward myself because I'm fucking hard. Um, 
me spending time with my family, I'm not cheating. I'm not letting my guard down. I'm showing, I'm showing my family how strong I am. Right. Like I, I, I tell people I'm the full fucking package as cocky as that sounds. And it's not, it's because right. I'm a warrior. I'm a fucking lover and I'm a fucking father, man. And I'm a, I'm a husband. That's what a fucking solid dude is. Right. Um, I've got videos of me when, when I was still with the agency where my daughter walked up to me, daddy, can I dress you up? Yeah. She'll put a dress on me. And that is a man who loves his daughter. Well, imagine, cause we're going to talk about this real quick. Um, it's about being impactful in life. I want, I'm going to make sure you guys understand this. Okay. Been with, you know, they, we've all been with lots of women, but the woman that made the impact in her life was her wife. Right. And I want to make that impact like she did in my life in my kid's life. And what, you know, I, I talk about being that meteor, right? Meteors, right. They come in, most of them, 99% of them burn up in the atmosphere. It's this pretty little light show. It's impressive. Like Sally Jane. I dated her 10 years ago. I can't remember what, I could care less what she's doing. But every fucking now and then, man, something's going to come in so fucking powerful, so big, so mighty, that the atmosphere won't even burn it up. And when it comes and hits the ground, boom, it leaves a fucking mark. By me doing that stuff, I'm leaving a mark on my family, an impactful. Being impressive is like, no, daddy's got to go to the gym. I'm going to go run 10 miles. They're like, okay, great. But then when I leave, they're like, dick. That's what they're going to do. But that's what people do. I mean, kids don't think like that, but they're like, why didn't daddy's here? So my advice, um, am I vulnerable? Fuck yeah, I'm vulnerable. I'm vulnerable because I'm strong. I let my guard down because I'm that strong. And I want to be that type of man. I want my daughter to marry a man that's going to do the same fucking thing. Right? Why? I mean, I don't know if any of you guys have, I don't know if you got daughters, but oh my God, it's so different with a boy and a girl. Like the minute I had a girl, my whole life changes. Like, oh my God, I'm going to fuck kill everybody. That's what I want to do. Everybody. Like, you know, people ask me, you got a problem with, you got a problem with me? I got a problem with fucking everybody. If you're looking at my kid, everybody. Um, but I will be vulnerable. I will be, she can talk to me about anything she wants. Um, I can't promise that I wouldn't take somebody and make them disappear. Um, but we'll figure that out when the time comes. You know, she's 12 going on 20. And um, yeah, yeah, you're starting to get the look. Um, <laughs> but all I can do is be the best father that I can and be as vulnerable as I can with her. You know, we laugh, we cried. And I'm not going to, you know, and if, if people think that makes me a pussy, I tell people, come on by, let's see how it goes. Cause, uh, you know, I don't fuck around, especially when it comes to my family. And I think all men should feel the same way. Men that don't expose themselves and are vulnerable in front of their family and, um, their loved ones. You're the weakest man I've ever met. You're not the strongest man. You're the weakest, right? You got, you gotta be vulnerable. You gotta show you got to show that side. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not some hard ass all the time. I mean, believe me when I'm, when it's, when it's go time and I put on my work face. Oh yeah. But, um, and it's funny. I did a show too. And they're like, you know, do you like the word empathy? No, it pisses me off because usually people use the word empathy because they, it's associated with fucking excuses. I don't make an excuse why I'm vulnerable with my daughter. I'm, I'm telling you I'm vulnerable with my daughter because I'm fucking strong. And I want to show her that a man can be both a well-rounded individual. Um, that's, that's a hot topic with me, with my daughter, man, because she's, she's definitely, 
growing and things are oh, I don't know what to deal with but um, I'm just going to continue to to bang like you know bang on the bag and uh you know keep keep <laughs> chipping away at some of the the things in case when it's time to go to work I'll go to work uh dude so many people are going to be listening to this. They're going to be so inspired. They're going to be fired up. But everybody here, uh, we all understand that 99.9% of everybody that is excited right now isn't going to do shit with all this motivation. Mm-hmm. How can somebody who is listening to this right now, they're currently like, dude, I'm, I like what he's putting down. Like, I, I'm getting very motivated. How can this person take the next step to use that motivation to actually uh, do something with all this uh, encouragement? Fucking, that's a great fucking question, man. I'll tell you exactly what you do. Every morning that I get up, I attack my four F bombs. I fucking write down right here. And I can't make this shit up if I tried. I come up with one goal in each one of those I'm going to do like family, fitness, finance, and faith. Family. Like, it's as simple as hey, because I'm all about, remember, stacking the W's, right? Stacking the W's. The more W's you stack, the better you're going to feel. I'm going to make sure I tell my wife and daughter I love her every fucking day. Boom. That's family. Fitness. Already got one in. I'm going to get two in. Finances. As soon as I get off with you, I I closed a $12,000 deal before I got on with you guys. I'm going to close another one today. Faith. That's the first thing. That's why I put family at the top and faith at the bottom. Faith every morning I get up. Be great today. Be a bitch tomorrow. Nyla, what are you? I'm a champion. I'm a winner. Baby, what are you? She says, "I'm, I'm the greatest woman in the world. She just, that's her thing, Right. Just accomplish that. And then once you do that, remember how we talked about it's addictive? Then fucking write another one and 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 another one until the fact that you're like literally so fucking um, in tune with yourself that you can start making instead of daily ones. Okay, now let's let's do a weekly one. By this week, I want to make sure I get five miles in. Great. I want to make sure that um, I take my daughter to get ice cream twice a week. Right. Every Wednesday, date night with my wife. Boom. Once a month, what are you going to do? Okay, I'm going to make sure that I, and it's just, you just keep expanding, right? There's no, you're going to have highs and lows. There's no such thing as perfection, just progression. Are you going to take steps back? Yeah. Are there going to be bad days? Yeah. Are you going to fucking want to give up? Yeah. Do you? No, you just keep fucking driving. And And what you need to keep just saying is, is I'm alive. That's what I tell whenever she, it could be worse. I could be dead. Right. I look in the mirror. All my fucking teeth are fake. Yeah, okay. Hey, I, I look like this before. I've been fucking blown up before. I've been fucking shot at before. I've been fucking cheated on. I mean, it can always be worse. You know, first thing I told my wife, my opening line when I met my wife, seriously, she said, you're the shortest fucking guy I've ever went out with. <laughs> Fuck you. But this is what she, I told her. When I was trying to win over, <laughs> you could do better, but you could do worse. <laughs> She's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, well, let's just start it at like a C, a C, and then hopefully I can get in there. And look at me, you know, fucking 17 years later, man, I'm still grinding. But my point is, is I tell people, that's what, remember I just said you could always do better, but you could do worse. I always sign off with do more, do less, just do. It's the same thing applies. When I do my 1,080 pushups, people are like, I can't do 1,080 pushups. What the fuck? It's not a dick measuring contest, motherfuckers. All I want you to do is do what you can on the minute. Now, we've got people in here like Mark that are super smart with, with fitness. The goal is, is you, you, you train for 15 to 20 seconds of time under tension, time under load, so you have the 40 seconds to rest for the lactic acid buildup, right, while I'm moving, if we want to get scientific. 
But all it is is put out for 15 or 20 seconds and then do it again and again and again and again. And then once you get good at that number, do it more and more. That's the best advice I could tell people is join me on Sundays for my 1,080 push-ups, my 1,080 squats, or my 1,080 whatever the fuck I do. Because I'm up to 1,080 now. Well, I can't do that. doesn't matter. I, I'm motivating more women and children than anything right now. I love it. So my point is, is, and you've got so much more in you, no matter who you are. But it all starts from taking that initial step. And you're never, again, I'm going to full circle it. You're never going to grow unless you know. You need to know what your limitations are. You need to know when you're going to fucking redline. And you're going to need know, you need to know when you're going to fail. And if you're not failing, then you're not pushing yourself hard enough because you need to fail. I fail every day, every fucking day. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to continue to fail. I'm never going to have a perfect day. There's no such thing as a perfect day. I go days where I don't make sales. I'll make two sales. on People are like, you can't make a sale on Friday. Bitch, last two weeks, I made two sales on Friday. Don't tell me what I can't do. Just tell me what needs to be done and I will do it. And I will find a way. And that's what each and every one of you need to find. And what works for me might not work for you, Mark, or it might not work for you. It's just you've got to figure out what you bring to the table. Surround yourself with great fucking human beings that have other things, right? Like business. I'm never going to out-business Pedro's. Like I'll ask him a question. I'm like, hey, I have an idea. And he's like, okay. (laughs) You know, because he's already thought of that a hundred fucking times. But hey. He's the kind of boss where I can just, if I have an idea, I ask him. Like, I can ask Mark questions about fitness. And he's like, and, and a good leader is like, motherfucker, you don't think I thought about that? But most people be like, hey, Ray, that's a great idea. Let me tell you why we're not going to go with that. Thank you. Right? That's how people are going to be better. Surround yourself with people that are fucking awesome and you will become awesome. If you surround yourself in a room full of fucking turds, you're going to become a turd. Sorry. Ray, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, this has been amazing. It's so so good to hear your story, and uh, it'd be great to meet you in person at some point and maybe have you up to my gym uh, in West Sacramento, super training. So you can kill the whole team? Sir, <laughs> hey, I mean, you know, you know I'm a huge fan. Don't fucking threaten me with a good time. I will be on the next thing smoking. You let me know, I will fucking be there, and I will come ready to roll. Where can people find you? Yeah, um, at Ray Cash Care. On Instagram, thank God I just got the blue check because I was like the king of, (laughs) oh yeah, because I'm on all these fake dating sites and shit. And then on um, Facebook at Ray Cash Care, uh, Ray Cash Care, former Navy SEAL, those two because they have blue checks so people can find me. Um, Yeah, check out all the courses I'm doing, the project, the LTD with Bedros, the coaching. Love to have you guys. Awesome. Thanks again. Have a great rest of your day. Thank Thanks, you, guys. Sir. I appreciate it. Thank you. Boom. <laughs> awesome. Woo, he was fired up. That was great, man. Right yeah, out the gate, man. too. Incredible. God. Came on here. So just good there. Going bonkers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so a huge shout out and thank you to Dr. Gabrielle Lyon for linking us up because that was an amazing podcast there. His energy is something else, though, man. I was, I was really curious, like if, uh, he's always had that type of energy and he's just been channeling it or, you know, that, that the whole time, man, it just seems like he's like that all the time. I wonder about that, but damn, he's an awesome dude. I think when you have energy like that, it's, uh, 
it's easy to be motivated. It's easy to like want to move, to have a motive to go mm-hmm. do something because, uh, you know, you're not bogged down. You're not fatigued. Obviously he, it seems like he takes care of himself really well, which is, you know, huge, uh, after, uh, being a Navy SEAL and going through just all that, uh, brutal style of training. And, 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 uh, I just, I, I just thought it was really cool how he, you know, has dealt with a lot of pain, uh, in his own life. And now he helps other people, you know, deal with different expressions of pain, I guess, but he's, uh, helping people kind of work inward, uh, through just demolishing them with uh, exercise and things that would break most people down mentally. Yeah, it's. I think uh, the the reflections aspect thing that he talked about was really interesting to me. It it, it, it really makes you or. I wonder when I see guys like him, just like what triggers that for them? What triggers that shift into a different type of lifestyle from where they were? And the fact that he said he's had, everybody has multiples of those, but it's, it's just a really interesting thing. Yeah. I, I, I love that he, you know, he shares where he's vulnerable. You know, he's, he's, he's admits that he's not perfect. Um, Cause like when I see guys like that, or even guys like you guys, like I see somebody that's a high level jujitsu practitioner. I see somebody that's broken records and it's really easy for someone like me to be like, Oh, those guys never miss, you know, there's, they're superheroes, right? They're like real life superheroes. So for him to, you know, be like, no, dude, I have good days and bad days too. Like I'm willing to get dressed up for my daughter and, you know, be there for her. You know, it just, I don't know. I just, I love hearing that because it makes him a real person and it kind of makes everything he says and does, uh, like he said, more impactful, you know, and, and that means a lot to someone like me, but obviously to everybody. So I really appreciate the fact that he was open with that sort of thing. I like that he did say the talk about his vulnerability because one thing is like a, a lot of men are, are scared of share or you know being emotional with their family or sharing those types of things. They think that they need to be a certain archetype of what a male is supposed to be, right. and it's really good to hear that from a guy that looks like him and a guy that's had his experiences. And then he mentions these things that he does. It's just like, mm-hmm. damn, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe I can maybe I can loosen up a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, just some uh, great perspective. Uh, what you guys got for the rest of the day? <laughs> I'm getting a pedicure right after this. Oh. And I'm going to work. And then I'm going to work. My girl's going to take me to get a pedicure. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Have you ever had one before? Yes, I have. Yeah, they're amazing. They are. <laughs> <laughs> I've taken pictures of Mark getting a pedicure before. Oh. Yeah, we're going to get the uh, the clear gloss finish. Jesus, they're they're just gonna say like, "Hey, listen, uh, we just have to chop your feet off." That's like the only thing we can do for you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very cool. Yeah, I I got my cardio in this morning, so I got to get some type of lifting in, and then uh, yeah, just working on podcast related stuff, and yeah, try not to uh, not to cook and be able to breathe because the weather's been really bad like yesterday my throat was all from the uh, smoke it just it was it was terrible i wonder how long that smoke's gonna last for i guess we shouldn't be surprised right we talk about it every year yeah yeah it's it's kind of gross yeah what about you Uh, mark what you got going on um 
I'll probably just go on another walk. I might get some training in today, some lifting. I'm not sure. I, I got in, uh, just did like a mile walk before we hopped on here today. So uh, I guess we'll see. Trained some legs yesterday. Legs are pretty sore. Um, yeah, maybe later on today I'll get an opportunity to train some boobs, but mm-hmm. we'll see. Hell it's yeah. always fun getting the boobs a little bit uh, engulfed with blood. <laughs> it's great. Take us on out of here, Andrew. Thank you, everybody, for checking out today's episode. Hopefully, you are as fired up as we are. If you are, please let us know in the comment section of wherever you're watching this. And uh, do everything that Ray Cash said. You know, Write stuff down. Let us know if you're going to take action. You're not just going to take this motivation and just like, oh, that's a good episode. And then tomorrow, do the same shit you've been doing since you know the start of the year. Let's, uh, yeah, let's all improve. Let's get better. And please make sure you're following the podcast at Mark Bell's Power Project on Instagram, at MB Power Project on TikTok and Twitter. My Instagram is at I am Andrew Z. And Seema, if people want to give you a uh, shout out or hit you up, how can they do so? And Seema Yang on Instagram and YouTube, and Seema Yin Yang on Twitter, Mark. Share this out with as many people as you can. If you're confused and don't know how to get yourself motivated and fired up and get yourself head in the right direction, this is the podcast for you Mm -hmm. with uh, Ray Cash. It was great having him on the show today. And uh, like I said, hopefully get a chance to link up with him in the near future. I'm at Mark Smelly Bell. Strength is never a weakness. Weakness is never a strength. Catch you later.